Hello and welcome to the Ghosts and Folklore podcast. I'm Mark Rees, and on each episode, I investigate a different, weird, and wonderful subject. And on this episode, as we count down to Halloween, we are going to explore some Welsh lakes which conceal dark secrets, the remote beauty spots where restless spirits, demons, and monsters have been sighted and appropriately enough for the season, one body of water in particular, which conceals countless Halloween ghosts. Now, some of the tales I will tell you sound like folk tales. Others, however, have been reported as fact, and maybe the truth lies somewhere in between. Who knows? Maybe the best thing to do is to tell you the tales and you can make up your own mind. But before we begin, I should explain quickly that the accounts that you are going to hear on this episode come courtesy of the folklorist Mary Trevelyan, who published her research into the watery folklore of Wales in the early 1900s. And we've looked at some of the other folklore on previous episodes. We've looked at the folklore of the sea, We've looked at the folklore of the rivers, but for this episode, we are turning our attention to the lakes. And to begin with, we are specifically going to look at some lakes which are said to be haunted by spectral women, by ghostly women. And while there are some scary stories coming up on this episode, we are going to kick things off with a nice quick light-hearted tale which relates to Saint Patrick, the patron saint of lovely Ireland who, as we all know, was born in Wales. He was born in the village of Banwen in Neath Portalbert. Now, there are some people out there who will dispute this. They'll argue and they'll tell you that Saint Patrick was not born in Wales, was not born in Banwen. But trust me, I've been to Banwen. There's a big welcome sign as you drive into Banwen, and it says, Banwen, birthplace of St. Patrick, man guinea Patrick sent. So it must be true. If somebody puts a big sign up, it must be true. But anyway, wherever St. Patrick is from, he's from Banwen, but wherever he's from, one day he was passing Llyngwyn Lake, which I am assuming is Llyngwyn Lake in modern-day Powys, on his way to visit St. David, the patron saint of Wales, and who was almost certainly born in Wales as well. And he was accompanied by another saint. On his trip to see St. David, he was accompanied by another saint. And when they reached this lake, one of them suggested resting for a while. Now, this was done, and during that halt in the walk, the saints discussed religion, which is always a bad move. It's guaranteed to spark an argument, especially in Wales. And coming to a controversial point, the men grew irritable, and St. Patrick was very angry, we are told. 
Now, there just happened to be several Welsh people who overheard this religious quarrel, and they expressed surprise and annoyance. So St. Patrick, in spite, turned them into fishes. I'll just repeat that quickly. Some people were annoyed at the argument, so St. Patrick turned them into fishes. That'll teach them to mess with St. Patrick. Don't question St. Patrick. And what makes that slightly creepy, I think, is that nowadays, when you bear in mind that Llynguin Lake is one of the fishing places of the Anglin Association, it puts a, a totally different meaning on what you might catch in that lake. But anyway, he turned them into fishes, and to quote, one of the party was a woman who was transformed into a white lady. So the men were turned into fishes, but the one woman became a white lady. She became a ghost, which sounds like a much better deal than being turned into a fish. And as a result, anglers nowadays, or nowadays in the early 19th century, I don't know if that still applies now, but not only do they need to keep an eye out for the fish in the water, they also need to keep an eye out for her spirit, who, we are told, is often seen accompanied by flashes of light. And on account of this insult to St. Patrick, the sun never shines upon the lake but during one week of the year. Which sounds like most lakes in my part of the world. But that is our first account of a spectral lady haunting a Welsh lake. And I should point out very quickly, that tale you've just heard, there are slightly different variations of it which apply to many other lakes across the land and we will be looking at another one next month on this podcast. Now, on to the next one, on to the next ghostly lady who has been seen in a pool in the River Avon in my hometown of Port Talbot, which is ominously named Pwll Gwen Maru, or in English it's known as Dead Ladies Pool. It can be found near the village of Camavan, running under the old Teugoid Colliery, which would have been active in Trevelyan's time when she was writing this. And to quote, it is said that the spirit of a lady moans and hovers all night over the dangerous waters to warn people from the neighbourhood and point out tracts of safety. So this is a good example of a ghost which, on the one hand, might be scary, it might terrify you when you see it, but ultimately it's providing a useful public service. It's stopping people, it's stopping the colliers and anyone else who might be wandering past after the shades of night have fallen from drowning, from falling into this dangerous water. So, a very useful ghost at the ominously named Puth Gwen Maru Dead Ladies Pool. Now, in our next tale, the watery spirit isn't quite so helpful, but 
is equally terrifying sounding, and that is the ghost of a young lady who is said to haunt the folklore-filled town of Bath Gellert. So in the top western corner of Wales, near which we are told is a lake called Llynnard of Vorwyn, or Lake of the Maiden's Cry. And the tale attached to this Lake of the Maiden's Cry is that a man and a maiden were betrothed, but he was a deceiver. And one evening, when the mists were rising from the water, he pushed the girl in and she drowned. As a result, her spirit is now said to haunt the area and the lake where she died in particular. And it is said to quote, Sometimes she appeared like a ball of fire rolling along the banks of the Colwyn, which I, I'm guessing is Avon Colwyn, the River Colwyn. Her groans and shrieks could be heard a long distance away. Sometimes she arose out of the water with hair in disorder and wildly waving her arms. People said she could often be heard weeping and moaning, plaintively uttering the words, lost, lost. So quite an image there, this, this ghostly lady emerging from the water. Her hair is a mess. She is wildly waving her arms. And if you listen to her words, you can hear her say, lost, lost. And not too far away from Bath Gellert, in one of the rugged valleys among the mountains of Snowdonia, is Llyn Dillon, the Black Lake, which is where you need to be this Halloween if you want to see the ghosts and if you want to see the future. Because Trevelyan tells us that it is encircled by high rocks. This lake is encircled by high rocks and the water is very black, deep and turbid. And the fish that live in it have very small, withered-looking bodies, much deformed and large, grotesque heads. What a wonderful image of a, of a some kind of zombie-sounding fish. While the wildfowls and other birds shun this lonely lake, which is dismal in the extreme, which isn't the kind of description you might want to put on a tourist information guide, say, but it does sound perfect for Halloween if that is what you're looking for. And to continue, there is a causeway of stones which leads to this lake. Although by all accounts, this causeway has now been submerged. But certainly back in Trevelyan's time, there was a causeway. And at the end of this causeway, there is a stone called the Red Altar. If, even on the hottest day of summer, any person throws water so as to wet this altar, rain will fall before night. So it's not just about the ghosts, which we will get to shortly, but there is also a magical stone there which can cause rain to fall on demand, 
which I wouldn't have thought there's much demand for. What we need is the opposite in Wales. We need a stone to stop the rain from falling. But to return to Trevelyan, in the 17th century, people believed that if anybody had the courage on one of the three spirit nights to watch beside Llyn Dillon, they would see who were to die in the next 12 months. So Trevelyan is telling us that if you watch by the side of the lake on one of the three spirit nights, which I spoke about in depth on last year's Halloween episodes, but just to recap very quickly, in Wales there are three nights a year known as spirit nights. In Welsh, Asprid Norse, sometimes Asprid Ur Norse, and Halloween or Norse Kalangaev, as it is known in Welsh, is one of the three spirit nights. It's a time when the veil between our world and the other world, where the supernatural creatures dwell, is at its thinnest. And while other countries might just have one spooky night a year, in Wales we have at least three, one of which is October the 31st, and that is when you need to be next to this lake if you want to find out who is going to die in the following year. Although when I say find out, what I should say more specifically is if you want to see. And to see in quite a graphic way. Because to quote Trevelyan once more, Fiends would arise from the lake and drag those who had led evil lives into the black waters. So assume you are seeing the spirits of people who are still alive at the time, and then these, these fiends, these devils, rise out of the lake and drag them down into the black waters, and you know they are the evil people who will die in the coming year. As for the good people, well, those who had led good lives would be guided past the causeway leading to the lake and vanish in spirit forms robed in white. Now this is suggestive of they are going to heaven, they are robed in white, going to the good place, the evil ones are being pulled down into the murky abyss. And we have an example of this taking place to a reputed witch who disappeared from the district, we are told. And it was a shepherd who said he saw her being dragged into the black waters. So we have an account from a shepherd who saw this in action. He saw an evil witch being pulled down into the black waters of the Black Lake. And finally, to wrap up our look at the watery folklore of lakes, I've saved the most gruesome until last. Because, you know, it's Halloween, and if you do visit Llyn Dillon for Halloween, for Norse Kalangaev, then you could stop off at Llyn Agader afterwards, which is just north of Beth Gellert Forest, and is described by Trevelyan as a round lake in the southwest of Snowdon. And this tale doesn't concern 
the ghost of a tragic woman or the ghost of those to die and go to hell or even the ghosts of those who are going to die and go to heaven. It concerns something altogether different, altogether nastier, you could say. And to quote, a man of the 18th century swam across this lake and his friends watching him noticed on his return that he was being followed by a long trailing object winding slowly after him. They were afraid to raise an alarm, but they went forward to meet him as soon as he reached the shore where they stood. So there's a man swimming the lake. His friends notice something strange is following him behind him. It sounds almost like a like a long slippery snake type creature, but it's under the water. And rather than scream and shout and draw his attention to it, which might make things worse, they just go to the edge of the water to get him out as quickly as they can when he gets back without disturbing whatever the heck is in the water. And so, to return to Trevelyan, just as he was approaching, the trailing object raised its head, raised its head, and before anybody could render aid, the man was enveloped in the coils of this water monster, which dragged him to a deep hole in the end of the lake from which the living flows. There he was drowned, and the spot where he sank revealed blood-red waters. So maybe they should have raised the alarm sooner. He was drowned, his blood floated in the water. And if you do visit this Halloween, be sure to keep an eye out for any red patches in the water. For that is where the lake monster has drowned its victim. If indeed it is a lake monster, it's quite a vague description, but it does, it sounds a bit like Nessie to me. Maybe it's the, uh, it's the Welsh Nessie up in a Llinagada, who knows. But that brings us to the end of our last watery tale, and it brings us to the end of another Halloween episode of the Ghosts and Folklore podcast. If you've enjoyed it, and you don't want to miss any of the other Halloween episodes coming up, please consider hitting the subscribe button. And if you'd like to support the podcast, you can now treat me to a coffee via the website. I do love my coffee. Or you could leave a quick, nice review or give it five stars or a thumbs up or whatever the system is on whatever platform you are consuming this on. And if you'd like more ghosts and folklore, you can follow me on social media. I'm on Twitter, I'm on Facebook, and I'm on Instagram. And if you do, be sure to say hello. It's always lovely when people say hello. And I've also published a number of books on similar weird and wonderful subjects, including Ghosts of Wales accounts from the Victorian archives and the most recent one, Paranormal Wales all of which are available from good bookshops offline and on. 
And on that note, it just leaves me to say thank you very much for listening. Dioch and Varian am Rando. I've been Mark Rees. This has been my Ghosts and Folklore podcast, beaming to you from Wales to the world. And who knows, to lift a line from Jaws, maybe after listening to this episode, you'll never go in the water again. Until next time, happy Halloween, nos kalangayev habis, and nos ta. Thank you.